You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Well, amen. Praise the Lord for, for you folks. It's, it's been such a joy to, to get to see the ministry where Pastor Haley is after we met him this summer and, and see what God's doing here. And it's neat to see young people. It's neat to be able to be with some of the teenagers this morning in Sunday school and their, their heart for God and, and, and just to see them. And uh, I commend you on that. It's a church that does not have young people. Uh, makes me wonder what's going to happen in another 10 or 20 years. And we've seen some of those churches as we travel. And, uh, and so praise the Lord for what God's doing here in Elk Point and in, and in, the, in the tri-state area. Um, but as we think about witnessing to Muslims, uh, what do we say of Jesus? Uh, how, how do we exalt Jesus, the Son of God? What do we say about Jesus? Uh, again, the Muslims, they, they think that, that um, you're a polytheist, that you worship three gods, that, that they think that you think Jesus is one of three gods. Uh, and um, Muslims, when they hear you talk about Jesus being the Son of God, well, they, they are sure that you think that God came down and had bedroom physical relations with the Virgin Mary, uh, which is, is blasphemous. We, we don't, that's not what happened. Uh, Muslims are sure that you think that you can take a mere mortal, a prophet, and elevate him to God's status. No, we believe that God Almighty came down and took on human flesh. Amen. And, and so, so there's, there's some, some apprehensions that they have, some red flags that come up when they hear you mention Jesus, the Son of God. Uh, so there's a trend in missions to Muslims that, we, well, we just need to correct a couple of misunderstandings and, and let them be Muslim Christians and, and not make as big a deal about Jesus being the Son of God. In fact, there, there are even some Bible translations translating into Arabic that, that don't use the phrase Son of God, and, and I forget how they reword that. Uh, but, but is this the answer? No, this is... You, you can't have somebody get saved and, and turn to Christ and be a, a Muslim Christian. This is... Uh, called an insider movement, or it's called uh, Chrislam, a blending of Christianity and Islam. Mixing Jesus in with Islam is syncretism. It's a false gospel. It's silliness. It's foolishness. Uh, but then some people just sheepishly say, well, sorry, we can't understand the Trinity. Uh, we just take it by faith, whatever it means, and, and just, just try to avoid talking about it. But we don't want to deny... What's given to us in the Word of God? And, and is there some doctrine in the Word of God that's so complex that we just have to apologize for it? Or we just have to uh, just avoid it altogether? No, uh, we don't deny or cover up or sheepishly apologize for who Jesus Christ is. He is the Son of God. He is God who took on human flesh. And it's good for us to be convinced, fully persuaded in our mind, what this means, that Jesus is God and that He took on human flesh. Now, Now, can we... Uh, can we completely wrap our mind around it 100%? I understand. We're finite trying to understand an infinite concept. And, and so, so we can. I'm not going to uh, attempt to explain the Trinity in a few minutes together here today. But, but we don't need to apologize that Jesus is the Son of God. And we rejoice in this. We praise God. We exalt Jesus as the Son of God. Uh, especially in, when other religions want to deny that. And, and, and then they want to say, well, we all worship the same God, but I see it differently. And, and our society is ever pushing us to be inclusivistic and tolerant and accepting diversity. And so we get this idea that it would be a moral sin for me to, to make somebody else feel, feel like they're not believing it right. 
Well, it's not about me versus you or my, ver- my book versus you, your book. It's about God and his word versus man and man's ideas. Yeah. And so if we have the truth, it's not about me versus you or my religion versus you. It's about, it's about what the truth says and, and about communicating this in a loving way and about being excited and passionate about who Jesus Christ, our Savior, is. Amen. Well, we just had Christmas. So, and as we're exalt, thinking, thinking of exalting Jesus Christ, we ask the question, well, why did Jesus Christ come? As we're thinking about who Jesus Christ is, he came to earth. Why did Jesus come? We know Jesus is the reason for the season, right? That's a, a statement. Sometimes it gets put on a wreath or something and, or on a Christmas card. Well, what was that reason? Why did he come? Well, Christ came to fulfill the law and the prophets, according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He came to speak unto us beyond the prophet's message, showing us the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person, Hebrews 1 tells us. Christ came to bear witness of the, tr- of the truth in John 18, 37. And he came to be the truth and, and reveal the Father in John 14, 6. Christ came to give life, to give it more abundantly in John 10, 10. Christ came that we might live through him in 1 John 4, 9. Christ came to give spiritual light to the world in John 12. He came that believers might not perish, but have everlasting life. I think we know what verse that is. And then he came that we, through his poverty, might be rich. Oh, there's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Christ came not to condemn or to judge, but to save Our sin already condemns us. He came to save us. Christ came to take away our sin, 1 John 3, 5. Christ came to put away sin by his sacrifice in Hebrews chapter 9. Christ came to purge our sins. This is, why why do we keep going on? Because the scriptures elaborate all of these things. Why Christ came. And it's something to get excited about. It's something for us to be passionate about. It's something for us to, to be consumed with. To say, wow, this is my Christ. This is what he's done for me. To meditate on these things. We're not going to be much of a witness if it doesn't impact our our own selves. If we are not excited about what Christ did. But the list continues. Christ came to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Christ came to seek and to save the lost. Christ came to be the savior of the world. 1 John 4 14. Oh, Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. In 1 John 3 18. Christ came to redeem and to purify us. Titus 2.14. Christ came to redeem us who were under the law and to adopt us as his sons. Uh, Galatians chapter 4. Christ came to call sinners to repentance in Mark 2 and, and in Luke chapter 5. Uh, Christ came that we might be reconciled to God. What does reconciled mean? It means we were separated. We were enemies, not friends, but put back together. A restoration of a broken relationship. Christ came to reconcile sinners that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians chapter five. Christ came that those who would receive him would become the sons of God yes. in John chapter one. That's this passage where we're at right here. And here as we're talking about exalting Jesus Christ, we see so much in John chapter one about how great our savior is. Oh, sometimes we can become, uh, I hate to even say calloused, but, but so familiar with Jesus that, that, 
Well, we know about Jesus. We know about his miracles. We know what he said. And we can even open our Bible because we don't want to be a bad Christian. We're supposed to read something before we start our day, before we go to school or before we uh, go, go to work or before we do what we do. And, and so we read a little something and go on our merry way. And, and does it impact us? Do we get excited about what Jesus Christ has done? John chapter one gives us much to be excited about, gives us much to meditate on, to think about the greatness of Jesus Christ. In John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. Now, now, how do we know that this word is, is talking about Jesus Christ when it says the word word? What, what's, what's the word word referring to? In the beginning was the word. Well, we jump down to verse 14 and it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So this is the one that was sent to reveal the Father. And that that showed us his glory. So it can be none other than the one who came down from heaven that that came down as God. So this is Jesus Christ. Now, why is he called the word? What is a word? A word is a piece of communication. How would God best communicate himself to mankind? That's why he's called the word. Because he reveals who God is. It is God himself communicating himself, revealing himself to mankind. In the book of Revelation, we have the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a similar concept. That he is revealing who he is to us, to man. And so in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We've only gone four verses into this book, and we already see that Jesus, Jesus Christ, he is the word, the the revelation of who God is, and he was with God from the beginning, and he was God. And all things were made by him. He is the creator of all. Wow. This is our Savior. The creator of all, who is almighty God. And he is the source of life. The reason that in him, the scriptures say in him, we live and breathe. And, and he is before him, all things consist. He is our life. Amen. And then throughout the, this book, the concept of life, he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And, and Christ offers the living water and the living word. He is the sustainer of life. He offers eternal life to those who will accept it. He is the one who has created us, given us physical life. He's the one who offers us eternal life if you will reach out and take it. Yes. And then it says in him was life and the life was the light of men. In other words, without Jesus Christ, we are stumbling around in darkness. Oh, well, I, yeah, right. The, the real bad sinners are. I'm, I'm not that bad. We might be tempted to think. I mean, I'm not in total darkness. I'm not, I'm not a, a moron or a buffoon. And what did Christ say to the Pharisees, who even themselves were extremely religious, that they were blind? Yeah. Without Jesus Christ, we are, with, we are walking around in darkness. Amen. He is the light. And... And verse 5, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness, the natural man does not naturally say, I need Jesus Christ. I need God in my life. We don't comprehend God. 
the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness to him. But he came to show us that we needed him. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, just a, a clarification here. This John is not the John who's writing the book. This is, that's John the Apostle. This is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. So John the Baptist, he came. What was his role as, as a prophet of God? To be a witness, to proclaim, to say Isaiah foretold that a messenger was going to come. Speaking of John the Baptist, proclaiming that the Messiah was coming. And here he is, John the Baptist, proclaiming that Jesus is coming. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men, what? Through him might believe. Amen. It's not enough to know, oh, yes, I, I love Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know Jesus. He healed me from some cancer, some, some, some great problem. He brought me through a difficult, dark time in my life. Have you believed on him for salvation? Have you asked him to be your savior and give you that light? Verse, uh, verse 8, he was not that light, speaking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world. Verse, verse 10, Je Jesus Christ, he came into the world, and the world was made by him. The world was made by him. So we just celebrated Christmas a month ago, and, and when we did, we were celebrating Jesus Christ, born in a manger. Laid on, perhaps laid on straw that he created. Looking up at parents that he created. Yeah. And looking up at a night sky with stars that he had flung into place. Right. This is our God. Amen. This is our Savior who humbled himself. Why should he? Why should he be in a lowly, in a lowly stable? Why should he even be on earth? looking up at stars that he had flung into existence 4,000 years before. And he did this for you and for me. He came unto his own. And his own received, I'm sorry, he was at verse 10, he was in the world, the world was made by him, again, emphasizing how great he is, and the world knew him not. The world said, oh, this is the son of, of Mary and Joseph. This is the carpenter's son. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jump to verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Uh, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And so we've seen descriptions of Jesus Christ, how great he is. We want to exalt him as the creator of all, as almighty God, as the one who gives life, as the one who gives light. And here he's described as the lamb of God. Well, that's an, a nice little description, you know, because lambs are nice and cute and cuddly. And No, what was the picture here? John the Baptist said this after all of the Old Testament, after centuries 
of the Old Test of the Old Testament priests in the temple killing a sheep for the sins of mankind. Day after day after day. That was the prescribed not just ritual, but the prescribed necessary requirement for sin. And what if I would have, for illustration purposes, picked up at the stockyard a lamb today and brought him in here and caught the blood in a basin, slit the lamb's throat, bleeding lamb, and, and this blood poured out. We would say, well, that's graphic. That, that is just gross. That's nasty. That... You wouldn't want to do something like that for an illustration in church. But this is what happened in the house of God. Day after day after day. Why? Because God is a, is a cruel God. No, because our sin is so terrible. Yeah. Because we are such, such vile creatures, full of ourselves, and not in any relationship with God, separated from Him. And the Lord knew that without the the shedding of blood. There, there is, there is no, uh, there, without the shedding of blood, there is no appeasement for sin. There, sin cannot be taken away. And the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. There is only one perfect sacrifice that these were all pointing to, and that is the Lamb of God. Amen. That is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, he was saying, The final sacrifice is here. And why is it we do not offer sacrifices? Because the final payment has been made through Jesus Christ on the cross. And if you will believe in Him and accept Him and receive Him, you can have eternal life. Okay, so then, just really quickly then, the application. Three simple things and then we're done. Just three simple things. We know Jesus is great. And we can sing about how great He is. We can sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And and songs like this. and, And be excited about Jesus Christ in church or, or maybe in our morning devotions and go on our way and, and forget about how great He is and, and how that should affect my day. Three simple things. Have you believed and received in Jesus Christ? If He's so great, have you received this great salvation that you might become a son of God, a child of God? John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. If you think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I come to church and I'm a pretty moral person and, and, and I really, uh, uh, I don't treat my spouse wrong and I don't treat my kids wrong and, and I, I pay my taxes. I'm a pretty good person. I mean, I'm even in church today. And if that's what's going through your mind, you're just as lost as the Muslims that we're burdened for in New York City. It's not about good works. It's about Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross. Have you believed in him? Have you received his free gift? That's something you could do today. Just cry out to the Lord. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can make that decision today. Next point of application. Believe and receive Jesus Christ. But what about John chapter 1, later in the chapter here, verse 40? One of the two which heard, him, heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm the missionary here, so of course I'm, I'm supposed to speak on this, right? If we really believe in Jesus Christ, are we, are we just going to say, well, I, I love Jesus. Not enough to talk to anybody about him. Not enough to, you know, let anybody know that I'm excited about him and just keep him to myself. No. If there's something we're excited about, we're going to tell others about it. Amen. That team 
that we really want to win whatever ball game, that team that, that, that we're excited about any time that they do win, do we not talk about it? Or maybe it's those kids, the grandkids, or that new job, or, or whatever it is that excites us, we talk about. If we're excited about Jesus Christ, we will talk about him Amen. to others around us. So we could testify of Jesus Christ. Verse 45 even says, Philip findeth Nathanael. Here's another disciple. And saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We found him. This is, this is the one. Oh, we should be excited about what we've read in the scriptures and about how that relates to, to Jesus. Does he come up in conversation? Do you talk about him to others? You know, sometimes we see our, our disciple, I mean, our, we see our, our evangelism, our being a witness as just a duty, as something that we're supposed to do. Or we're a bad Christian, right? Because we're supposed to be a witness. And if I don't, I don't really love God, and I, or I'm just a bad person, I'm a bad Christian, I've got to tell others about the Lord. And that can, that can be a thought that can go through someone's mind sometimes. I think that's because before we testify of Jesus... There's something else that we need to recognize first. Jump back to verse 37. And the two disciples, including verse 40, talked about one of the two who went and found somebody else and was a witness. These two disciples, verse 37 says, and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. If we really are excited about Jesus Christ and we really are exalting him, we'll believe We'll believe in him as our savior. We'll make that decision. And, and we'll want to testify to others about him. But before we even testify to others about him, oh, we'll follow him. Amen. We'll be excited about walking with him, abiding in Christ, John chapter 15 says. Oh, what is it John 15 tells us? That we want to be fruitful as Christians, right? But except ye abide in me, ye can do nothing. Right. But we abide in him and we'll bear much fruit. So let me ask, how's your walk with Jesus Christ? Have you been in this word soaking in what you can on a daily basis? Have you been talking with him? Have you been been praying for him on a regular basis and then praying and meditating on his word throughout the day? Or is this book just become a, a thing for Sundays or a thing for once in a while? Or are we following after Jesus Christ? If we're excited about Christ, we'll believe in him. Receive him as our Savior. Amen. We'll testify about him. And we'll follow him. Hey. Would please, let's all stand. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor. But if we would, let's all stand. I'm going to pray. And let's each seek, seek our own heart as to how the Lord needs to work in each of our own hearts. Dear Lord, we want to exalt you. You are Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you are everything to us. And I pray that each one of us would meditate in our own heart. If there's somebody here that's lost that needs to believe in you as personal Savior and accept the Lamb of God as, as personal Savior to take away the sins of, of that person so that, that person can become a child of God. May that happen today. And, and Lord, if there's somebody here who would, who would need to be more faithful in testifying of your greatness to others, May that decision be made. And if there's somebody here who would say, I, I've not been walking with Christ like I should, may that decision be made today as well. In Christ's name, amen.